Good morning. Hey, is this Ashley? Yes, it is. Hello, it's Bree. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Pretty good. It's nice to put a put a voice to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That's one thing about messaging and stuff like that. You don't get to hear a voice. <laughs> no, and it's like now talking on the phone's outdated, and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I yeah. I mean, I remember as a child, you know, we we even had a a house phone, so it was like <laughs> that's definitely an outdated thing now too. <laughs> it's like a, a ancient thing to see a corded phone, and people be like, "Y'all actually use those?" Yeah, yeah. We used to yeah. sit around waiting for people to call us. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Not anymore. It's like oh, you know, everyone just texts, which. Yeah, it happens. Social media makes things so easily accessible. Like it's like, or maybe too quickly accessible, you know, or even like within business, you can probably relate to this too, you know. I mean, running a business on social media, I think people tend to forget that it's still social media. Yeah. A whole other real life out there behind somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, one thing that I notice is there are a lot, um, they have a lot more, how do I say this, guts when they're messaging through social media than they do if they were to call me and say something. Yeah. No, no, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I agree 150%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or but even yeah. not even messaging. I have some people that don't, like, they'll, they'll talk smack out, like, out there. I actually, this is so funny this is happening because I actually had a girl who was talking crap about me, and it was not true at all. I don't know why she did it. Mm -hmm. This was about a year ago. She made this comment, and then she comes back to me, literally yesterday, the day before yesterday, comes back to me and wants me to make her some stuff. And a part of me is like, you know, I don't really want to do anything for you if you're going to turn around and just lie about me. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. What? Yeah. And well, I found the comment. Like, she kept lying, though. She kept lying about it, and I found the comment, and I sent it to her. And I was like, you know, I work for you again? Are you serious? <laughs> I Oh, my gosh. I know. And that's – I have the same thing. It's funny you say that, too, is because we – I do our Pennsylvania State 4-H horse show. Well, and, I was going to say, you're a photographer. You do a lot. You do individual stuff. You do shows. You do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I can honestly say the worst, the worst people to work with are the 4-H moms, and uh, yeah, and they do that where they, uh, the 4-H here has like a Facebook page, and yeah. it's a forum and stuff like that, and I had one of my workers send me a a screen grab of the moms just basically ripping me up and down and saying that their pictures weren't there yet and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I went back through my emails and my messages and stuff, and I was like, none of these moms have actually reached out to me. Yeah. And then I did see that there was one lady that was complaining, and I'm like, I have literally talked to her husband three times, twice through email, once through messenger, like, we have talked. I told him exactly where his pictures were, and they just they they don't reach out to me. 
So how am I supposed to know that they didn't get their email, didn't bounce back to me? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's like, hello? <laughs> yeah. But, well, I mean, you're, you're not a mind reader. Hello. You're not. I mean, how are you supposed to know if somebody doesn't bring it to your attention, you know? Exactly. So I was just like, and for, you know, photographers, there's so many out there. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like, if enough people complain, they'll get a new photographer. And, and uh, but I happen to be friends. My dad used to work in the 4-H program here for Penn State. And uh, so he's like, no, everyone knows you. You're fine. But I'm just like, it, it doesn't make me feel though. good. Yeah, and and then I take so much pride in it. I take it personally, even though I know it's not against me as a person. It's against my business. But I'm like, this is me. Like, I take every little bit personally. It's hard not – I'm glad you said that because a lot of people preach don't take it personal. And, and it's true, don't. You know, you got to separate it. But it's still mm-hmm. very hard because, you know, when you're messing with somebody's livelihood, it's very oh, personal. Yeah. So it's hard. <laughs> Oh yeah, and when and when you have your own business, like you take pride in it. Like yeah, every little bit is a little bit of your soul that you put into it. I'm like, there's times where I mean, I miss weddings, I miss family gatherings, I, you know, because I'm at horse shows and I spend countless hours, you know, where I don't sleep because I'm trying to get stuff out. And like people don't see that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a social media thing, like we were just talking about. It's a social media thing because, you know, before I had this conversation with another lady. She doesn't do photography, but, um, like, running a business now on social media, it's so much more stress. I post a lot. I post a lot. I post a lot because I try – I want people to see I'm working. I don't want people to ever worry, you know. You probably deal with the same thing. You probably have people reach out to you like, oh, my gosh. An hour after it happened, like, do you have my photos yet? (laughs) I get I get a lot of I get a lot of people that do that where, you know, a, most a lot of our shows we travel home the next day after the horse show or whatever, and I'll get a text that night. When will the pictures are my pictures up yet? And I'm like I am still traveling. Like unlike you, like I'm thinking to myself, unlike you, you load your horse and leave. Like I have to pack up all my equipment and I have to drive home and then get everything put away and then upload stuff. And I'm like, it doesn't, it's, just, it's not magic. I'm only yeah. human and I'm, you know, like I'm not a corporate. I have me and my husband and my, you know, couple of my good workers and I'm like, I'm the only editor. So it's like, yeah. We go to these shows, and I have hundreds and hundreds of pictures, and I'm only one person. It takes time. <laughs> computer work takes – I don't think people realize either kind of the amount of work that goes into computer time. It's not like you just whip it up in a couple of seconds. You know, you could spend anywhere from five minutes to an hour on a photo. Right, right. And, and that's, that's a good job, though. Like, that's doing a good job, you know. Yeah. It, well, yeah, and I and that's actually one of the – Parts of my business I love. I like sitting and editing. Like, that's, I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And so I will, I mean, I've, I've edited people off their horses, you know, stuff like that for fun. I just had a gentleman, he was like, hey, I want a good picture of my horse, but for a nice lope shot, I need to be on him, but I don't want to be on him. And yeah. he's like, so, are you up to it? And I was like, never done it. But I'll try, and 
and I did it, and it, it's crazy because I was like, man, this is going to take forever, and honestly, it took me an hour to take him off, and it, you know, it's just, That's those are the kind impressive. of things. That's quick. Yeah, it was like one of those things where I was like, huh. That's pretty gratifying. Like, <laughs> I was able to do that. <laughs> like, also yeah. makes you second guess what you see on the internet. Like, hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And the things, you know, and people do. I've had a couple people. They're like, oh, can you switch this leg? And me, as a person, I'm like, oh, that's like morally, that's lying. That's not good. You should not do that. But <laughs> they is wanted it, oh, that. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up. What? What, where is that line at, like, for you as a photographer? Like, what, because I know, I can kind of sort of relate just a little bit. Like, you know, when people ask me, like, I had a lady ask me one time, she was like, can you embroider the John Deere logo? And I was like, no, that's illegal as hell. Like, I cannot do that. Um, Right. But then I had a lady um, send me a logo from another company that already had an embroiderer, but she was, it was like a, it was like a one chance little situation. I was like, do you have permission? for me to to do this logo like you know mm-hmm. well like you just said we're only humans we can only double check that stuff so far right to where we have to put the responsibility on the customer like we have to you know put the responsibility on the customer she was like no I have full we, and she got me a screenshot of it and I was like okay we'll do it you know mm-hmm. and where's that line for you as a photographer because I didn't even think about that the things people probably ask you to do like yeah I mean it's it's the one, so I, I had, so I do draft horse shows, and um, and I had a guy, he had a six-horse hitch picture that he loved, but the one horse's leg was not tucked as much as the rest of the horses, so it, it didn't have that uniformity that he was looking for, yeah. and I was like, okay, um, and but I went back through my pictures, and I had pictures of that horse displaying that action that the guy was looking for so in my mind I was like okay the horse is the horse knows how to do it the horse does it I just didn't capture it at that moment that it was in sync with the other horses but it has happened um so that was where I was like okay well I can take that leg it wasn't really a big it wasn't him saying like oh here's my halter horse and it's got you know crooked leg right. can you fix that can you take it as the way I look I at it saying. is yeah if, if I can take it off that horse from a different picture then I find it's still true to the way that that animal either performs or is built um but it would it's be some, immoral or it would be morally wrong if somebody asked you to, like what you just said with the halter horse, if somebody came to you and said, hey, can you change the actual confirmation of my animal? And right. That that would be wrong. That would, yeah. So, like, if they were saying, hey, can, you know, he, I, I have another horse that has really nice front legs. Can you take his front legs and match them? To, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, that. That's, a, that's pushing the line. That is, <laughs> that's fake news right there. Oh my God! It blows my mind. Somebody would ask you to do that. Though. That I ne- like. They really yeah. ask you that. No, I'm just saying that's where I would draw the line. Is right. If someone oh. said that to me. Um, but if I can pull it from another picture that I have of that animal, then it's still true to that horse. Because like I did have right. someone. They had a nice picture of the lope. Um, their horse's uh, back leg was pretty 
um, he had a lot of drive in the one picture, but his front end was nicer in the other one just from the angle that I shot. So when it's something like I did, like a different angle, um, but they like this one, I can kind of, I don't, I kind of blend and still the features are still there, but yeah, it kind of just helps enhance that. Um, but yeah, like structurally wise and stuff like that, that's that's pretty. <laughs> For me, I'm like, no. <laughs> well, that speaks a lot for your character because some people, I mean, you know, there are some people like um, that particular person that asked me about that John Deere logo. She was like, well, somebody else did it. And I'm like, well, I'm not somebody else. I'm like, I'm oh. not. I mean, they're like, oh, you know, people, she made it, oh, it's not that big of a deal, I promise. And I'm like, it might not be for you, but if I, but if I do it and I know it's wrong and then somebody, you know, and I get caught, I'm going to, like, I'm just, it's not, it's not yeah. worth it to me. I'm not going to risk that. Like, not for one little, I'm just not going to do it, you know. Well, and it's, it, you have to, that's where you think, like, you know, how much is my reputation worth to me right. and, um, and stuff like that. And it's like, because there's, you know, yeah, you get that all the time. Oh, this, this person did this. And I'm like, huh, you know, but I, I said, I get that. And that's great. And at that point, you know, sure, go to them, have it done. I, your money at that point is not worth my reputation. Pat, you hit like the nail that. on the head with that. Because mm -hmm. you earn respect by saying that, by being like, look, you know, I, I hear you. Because that's not customer service in my mind. You know, some people may argue that. They'll be like, oh, well, they're not, she's mean or she didn't do what I asked her, blah, blah, blah. No, you're trying to put me in a predicament that I shouldn't have to be put in. It's not customer service. It's wrong and I'm not going to do it. Right. Well, and then, you, you know, I did have... Last year I had a lady, she was super understanding, super sweet about it, um, and they they had the the show out in Tulsa last year, and they had um, that tornado come through, so they had to cancel the show, um, and she, she had won classes, and she came to the next show that I was at, and she said, can you do a backdrop for me with my awards? And I said, yes, I can absolutely do that. I said, however, I do not have the rights to the logo. Um, and I happen to have worked for that photographer multiple times. Like he's, he's a very valued person in my, my business. Um, and I mean, I could have reached out to him and like, hey, but no, like at that point, like you're not at that show. I'm not that photographer. I can photograph you with all your awards. That is perfectly fine. Um, but I will not be able to put like the show logo and stuff. She's like, oh, that's, that's fine. That's okay. I don't care. That's fine. But like, that's where it's like, that was the other photographer's, um, show. So right. absolutely not, you know, but I respect that. I, you don't hear a lot of people talk like that because a lot of people are very me, me, me. And, um, um I think that, uh, it, it's, it's respectful. Mm -hmm. it, what you just said, like if I was that person and you said that to me, I'd be like, all right, that's that's cool. That's what's up, you know. But some people get mad and, they, and you feel bad. I've had them get mad at me before. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 it does. It sucks. And then, you know, and then my other side, because I can have a little bit of a sassy side, I, I think to myself, well, then maybe I just don't need you as a client. You know, <laughs> one of those where I'm like, you know what, if you're going to be like that, then... I don't need you. 
<laughs> well, I just saw, um, not just saw, this was like a year ago, maybe two years ago, um, but it was it's vivid in my brain, the post. Um, I actually ran across a post where a photographer, when a, so when a show hires a show photographer, um, apparently this particular show had hired this particular photographer, I don't remember where it was, um, and another photographer showed up taking mm-hmm. photos and trying to sell the photos. Now, I'm not in the photography business, but to mm-hmm. me, I think that would be absolutely rude as hell. Like, and, and unfortunately, in especially the equine photography um, industry, that is so common. Um, it's sickening. Oh, my God. And that is one thing that we have happen. I mean, we have it happen at our shows. And, you know, I'm not very confrontational. My right. husband, on the other hand... He can he can get downright if he needs to, and I'm like, no, calm down. But um, <laughs> well, that's a good dynamic, though. They they say that in a good marriage, you got one calm one and one crazy one. So <laughs> yeah, yep. And he's you know he's just big enough that he'd be like, eh. but um, we have that all the time where individuals will come in, and I offer individual photo shoots at the horse shows and stuff. Um, and there's other photographers that will come in, and they'll do it in the back field where you can't see them or whatever like that, um, especially now with the online magazines. You get a lot of media people, um, which they kind of skirt the line, I think, a lot, where they'll be like, well, I'm working for the media, but they're also on the side giving away their pictures and as a show photographer but they're still doing it but they're still doing photography like that's what you're paid yeah. to do they should give you that right away first right exactly and that's one thing is like all they have to do is well for me all they have to do is ask me for some candidates and I'm like absolutely like I'll send them to your magazine like the Chronicle and in stride and stuff like that are really good about it yeah. um and they'll, like, recognize you and stuff like that. That's just all part of being an equine photographer at the shows. Well, um, it's respectful on the magazine's part, I think. I mean, that's reputable to be, to, to go oh, in and act right. Yeah. It really does test your, like, some days I'm like, oh, I'm a professional. I'm a professional. <laughs> i got to handle this professionally. And, and uh, I mean, and I've had it in the past where there was someone that provided Candids, and um, the magazine put in there that they got from this photographer and all that stuff. And I reached out to them and said, hey, like, I just want to let you know, I was the official show photographer for that show. If you need Candids, I'm more than happy to send them to you, but this person was not. And they were like, oh, we had no idea. We, we will take them down. And they were really good about that. Um, but, oh, so you know. You have to reach out to them when they. So these other photographers will come in, take candidates, and then send it to a magazine, and the magazine will publish it like they were at that show? Mm-hmm. Yep. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. That's not doing yeah. homework. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's frustrating, and I think it, it also might, when you reach out to them, they're like, hey, that's not, and they're like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. we didn't realize, and it's like, me, you know, I've been doing it for 10 years now. I've been doing horse shows since 2015. I'm 
people are starting to recognize my photography name and the shows. I mean, I do the same shows every year. Like, they've been my yeah. shows. And it's like, now they're, they know. Like, they'll, they'll reach out to me before every show, and they'll be like, hey, we need uh, candidates from this show, this show, and this show. I'm like, okay, awesome. Yep, send them over. And they're, they've gotten really good. Um, but, like, what a lot of people, the side photographers, don't realize is before I even step foot on a, a showgrounds, I've got thousands in expenses. I have employees. I have insurance that I have to pay for my business, liability, travel, housing, you know, all that stuff before mm-hmm. I even make a, a cent at these shows. So it's it's hard, and I've sent to people, like, I can't compete with free. Like, there's no way I can compete with free. I get that. And it's just, you have to hope that the individuals, um, they prefer quality over quantity is basically what, you know, you have to hope. It's it's a whole, every year, I'm like, this is why I have gray hair. <laughs> well, it is, I mean, you know, it is frustrating because then you, not just along that, you've got, I mean, iPhones can take photos now like you know it's oh yeah a lot out there kind of competing with you but you still will always need photographers in some sense because mm-hmm. you know you have to have another person take somebody else's photo at some point in time in life so there'll always be a need for it but I can right. those frustrations are everywhere you're not the only one <laughs> yeah well and I and there's there is another photographer that comes to our show she's local um and I would consider us having a a pretty good business slash friend relationship, and yeah. she's and she is one of those that works for magazines like the online magazines and stuff. And but she mm-hmm. respects me enough that she, you know, we have a conversation basically at the beginning of every show. You know, she's like, "Hey, I'm working for here, um, so I'll be taking candidates," and she always lets me know. And that I think shows the respect, and we've we've worked that out where I'm like, okay, you know, she's got that magazine that works yeah. perfectly. Um, and but that, but us, that, that kind works. of sets the tone. I mean, like, you know, you've probably dealt with, I, well, I, I hope I'm not the only one. I've dealt with people that do what I do and it's not so nice of a situation, but I've also dealt with others where it's like, you know, it's really black. It's pretty common sense. Like, you know, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. We'll all be happy. But absolutely. Some people don't think like that. And I'm sitting there thinking, why create this drama that nobody got time for? Yeah. Well, and then you you look at them and you have that thought. You're like, okay, are you really this naive or are you just, are you, are you just acting like it to yeah. knock it yeah, in trouble like, or something? Yeah. Like, I mean, and there's, and I've had kids, you know, young young kids that have walked around and taking pictures with cameras and stuff like that, and it's like they don't know. So like if right. I, because I remember when I started shooting, I had um, a photographer that said, hey, like just so you know, like this is don't do this. This is not okay, you know. And um, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Like I had no idea, and they were really good about it. Um, and that's where I'm like, you know, and, but you also have to look at it. I look at it sometimes and I'm like, the kid's 15. They're not yeah. a threat to my business. 
you know, and, yeah. you know, eventually down the road, maybe, and then we'll cross that bridge, but he's, you know, still a kid, and they're right. having fun, and I've had them where they've come up to me and asked me questions, and then at that point, I just kind of give them as much information so that they they look to me for information instead of going behind me. Yeah, yeah, against me. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like I had a photographer take me under his wing, and that's the only way I know what I know. Yeah. And and I was, I think I was eight years old when I met him. <laughs> and as soon as I was old enough to work for him, I started working for him, and to this day he's my mentor, and that's how I've learned all that I know. So it's. You've been doing this like it's on the back of your hand. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's one thing is like the my mentor that I learned from. He started me off actually in his office, so that I learned how to work with the customers and what everything was. Um, so I started off there, and then he eventually moved me to our backdrop because he's like, "You've got the office thing down. Now you need to learn how to set horses, get ears." Um, and then his last year. He let me. Do you think it helped show. you growing up? Oh, you grew up around horses, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, horses are are my. They literally are my my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I but, eat, but sleep, see, breed horses. Like, well, you see those posts like every now, like it feels like it's once a year somebody will <laughs> do something with a horse that's not a mm -hmm. horse person, and then the horse industry just shreds them. Like yeah. Um, you know, the ones I'm talking about, like, there was one horse with the halter on backwards or some crazy crap. I don't yeah. know. And it's hard. I almost look at them, and I'm like, that's not real. They, there's no way they really let that happen. But um, it, do, it, gives you, it does give you a leg up if you're going to go in the horse industry. It's not just snapping photos. Like, you really need to know what a right. horse is, how it works, and all that stuff. Like, Right. Well, and that's, and that's one thing. Like, so through my business... I like to consider it pretty much a family-owned business and family-run because um, other than the Keystone Showdown, my dad's always working with me, um, but he runs that them. show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so he doesn't help me at that show, but all the other shows, he, he sets feet. My husband gets ears. My brother works my office, um, and it's just kind of like a family thing, and we've We've had multiple people say to us, like, you guys are very calm with the horses, very patient, and my dad will look at me like, we're horse people. Like, that's what we are. Yeah. We we literally, like, my dad, that's how he makes his living. He teaches equine classes at Penn State University and runs the court horse program oh, cool. there. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, so he's, you know, he eats, breathes, sleeps horse, too, and, like, we just understand... We understand the horse, not just ha just not just getting the picture and pushing a button. It's understanding right. the horse and what makes him tick, and and I think that really helps. And, uh, and oh my gosh, my so he's also the horse judging coach at Penn State, and I was on the horse judging team. And I was not when I went into college. I was like, no, I'm not doing horse judging. I did in 4-H. I hate giving reasons. Like it's awful. <laughs> I hate it. 
It and, is a lot of pressure, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, such, so much pressure. And Dad's like, listen, Ashley, he's like, if you want to be a successful photographer, you need to know how to place the horse in its best, like, to give it its ideal look. And I'm like, yeah, shut yeah. up. And it probably helps you out quite a lot. Nice. Yeah, and I and every every time I say it, I look at him, and you know, of course, he gets this like big father grin, like ha ha ha, told you, <laughs> told and, you. So. <laughs> yeah, because like you know, you you look at a horse, and you're like, okay, he's a little longer through his back, so I'll you know at the backdrop, I'll put him a little bit more straight on with me to kind of hide that. And uh, Dad's like, hmm, like wonder where you learned that and then like you know and I'm like okay stop you know you win <laughs> uh, but no in all seriousness when you're given reasons in 4-H at 12 years old you're sitting there thinking am I ever going to do this in my life and then look Lord bold <laughs> yep I know and he always laughs because he's like look at you because in college you know we go out we went to the world show and stuff and uh, I was 10th in the world in halter Oh, cool. So, yeah, so he's like, look at you go, like, all of this, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, halter horses are my thing. I absolutely adore them. Um, but I, I'm i like, yep, and it helps. It helped me. I mean, in other ways, too, like being able to communicate with people and, you know, that reasons, even though they absolutely sucked, they taught me that. <laughs> You know, well, out of you voice. Know, you're right, though. I mean, I don't think people realize. It's not just when sometimes people like, well, I, I, me and you are, are perfect examples. You're a photographer. It's not just taking a picture. It's mm-hmm. everything that goes around with a small business, everything from the customer service to sales to this to that. I mean, all of it. You have to do from A to Z yep. um, and wear so many different hats. And mm-hmm. they, I mean, the only way to learn that is to just hop in it and start doing it. Or like you said, you know, you were had a mentor. And to kind of see all that stuff, but the average person, they'll just kind of look at it like, or like me, oh, well, you just made a hat. Well, it's a whole lot more to, to making oh, yeah. a hat than just making the hat. <laughs> I, yep, exactly. And and people don't realize that the, the, the checklist, when I'm taking a picture, the checklist that's going off in my head every time I go to take a picture is miles long. I'm like, you know... <laughs> ears, the reins, the feet, you know, the eyes are open, the people are looking this way, cell phones are on the other side, you know, sunglasses are off, hair looks fine, like, you know, it, it's just the the amount of brain power that goes into it before you even push that button, no one knows. Yeah. Except for you. And like, and being able to also, you know, some of our shows are outside, being like, you know, in my left eye, I can see that the sun is changing or a cloud's coming, so I have to change the settings, you know. And just being right there with the sun and the changing of the lights, it's just it's a lot. But, you know, I love it. What do it. you think is the best lighting to work in? Because, you know, photographers have certain, like, they'll, they'll say, what's the best lighting or time of day that you think that you like working with? Um, so it, it depends. Um, for yeah. me, uh, I love when I'm in an indoor that I can have a consistent lighting that doesn't change. Obviously, that makes my life a hundred times easier. I can just set my put my settings where they need to be and leave them there. However, um, 
on the other side of it, I love, love, love natural lighting. So yeah. when I'm outside, I love that natural background. We have an arena that we shoot at that has a mountain in the background. And you just can't beat that scenery of that natural background. Um, but out there, of course, you know, comes the challenge of the sun and the, the clouds and all that stuff. So like an overcast day is beautiful out there for me because you have that background, but you're not blaring anyone out. Um, however, That's the golden hour. Yeah, yeah. It's in, in even the littlest of things, like the color of the footing can really mess with the coloring that your camera is going to let off. Um, and how much light you can bounce off, how high the ceiling is in the indoor, it, it just all plays, it all plays a part. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm glad y'all do it and I don't do it, but I do know that the, the, some of the equipment you guys have is not only ridiculously expensive, I mean, like out there, mm -hmm. I, I don't think people realize some of that stuff is not just a couple hundred bucks, like it's a couple grand. And yes. <laughs> to be able to use it is a whole freaking course. I mean, like some of the settings you guys have to deal with and do with, right? It's a lot. It it is, and and that's one that's one thing I can say. Like the um, another thing I'm thankful for my mentors. I just remember one word that he said to me when I first started was, "Put it on manual because you know if you know what you're doing, you can get everything right on manual." He's like never do automatic and I'm like okay like he's like you need to learn the settings you need to learn how the camera works to make um, get those quality images and we don't we have a single I have my camera set on single shot and people are like oh so wow like, so hold on what's the difference like oh, is it like like I'm thinking a pistol you have like a regular revolver where it's like manually pulls the bullet in or you have an automatic where it like automatically takes photos like that is that so, yeah, so there's an automatic setting um, where it'll basically, the camera will set your settings automatically to what it feels it should be for that lighting that's letting oh. in. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, no. Unfortunately, that, I mean, it works. It works for people. Yeah. Um, but when you're, you're, especially when you're shooting action and everything like that, knowing how to work your camera manually like I'm changing my f-stop and I'm changing my ISO and I'm changing everything is changing quickly um and just knowing yeah, that sounds like foreign language to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah um but like just knowing that oh I can basically walk into an arena and look at it and be like okay so I'm gonna have to have my settings here here and here um and play with it that way. It's just, and I'm, I believe me, I'm still learning 100%. Every year I learn something different with my camera, um, even every show sometimes. Um, but, like, just knowing how to work your camera, he said, was just, it was an important step to becoming successful. Um, yeah. And that's only 50% of the stuff you guys have to use. Like, I know you have to use Photoshop. Photoshop's not a walk in the park either. Like, that takes experience. Oh. You can't just hop on Photoshop and click, 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 and learn, learn, learn. But 
but they have made it easier. Like, what's that new thing out, Canva? Well, it's not new. Yeah. It's been out. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> yep, but my, uh, the one girl that works for me, she uses that a lot. Um, and she, she'll be like, hey, do you need a, I don't know, a pamphlet made or something like that? I'm like, well, sure. Yeah. And she'll go in and do that. I'm like, good for you. Like, that's awesome. Um, and it allows her to have that opportunity to design something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I Photoshop, shoot. I mean, I, I go to these shows and I work for other photographers. And um, one of the photographers, he solely hires me to edit the whole horse show. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. But it's it's neat because I'm still learning, like, quick quick steps on in Photoshop. Right. And there's always another photographer or, or another girl there that edits. And she'll show me, like, just shortcuts. And I'm like, whoa. You know, so it, each photographer has their their shortcuts, and they know how to use this and that and make it look like this. And it's just insane because you still learn so much from your peers. No yeah. matter like and what. The, well, and the industry is constantly evolving. The things that are used in photography are constantly like the whole mm-hmm. Photoshop ordeal. You know, I remember when it wasn't as advanced, and now it's very advanced. And then now you got Canva, and then mm-hmm. you know even the camera technology, which I don't know a lot about that, but I'm sure it's probably the same way. You have to stay on top of it every year. It's not like you just learn it once and then you're good to go forever. You have to constantly. Yep, constant and. And I, I just switched to um, what we call mirrorless. Um, so, what is that? so the, the my camera doesn't have a mirror. So when you when you shoot the DLSR cameras, there's a mirror in it. Um, and it these new cameras, they no longer have that. So it's pretty neat because I can shoot a picture and it shows up in my viewfinder right at my eye right away, <laughs> which oh, wow. is pretty cool because I mean it's just that's another thing that's helped me with lighting too is it's like oh okay so that's a little dark when you know the DLSRs you have to kind of you have to pull them away from your eye and look in the 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 display on the back um so that I mean that's yeah also foreign I'm just like yeah sitting here listening to foreign language <laughs> I mean it's well it just goes to show it's not some people think that it's not that it's easy, and it's not easy. Like, you guys have a hard job. Yeah, and, and it's just, you know, we work with a lot of technology, and mm-hmm. it it's just like everyone always says, you know, technology is great until it doesn't work. Um, so there are days where it's like, why, why, why are stuff, why is stuff not communicating? Like, why, you know, you use a transmitter, which is like a little remote, that's attached to your camera. So when you shoot, your external lights, the flashes that we have throughout the arenas, go off at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every now and then, your transmitters aren't speaking to each other, and you're not getting that lighting that you're looking for. So then you have to figure out why they're not communicating. Um, you know, and it's just, it's a constant the constant process of like, all right, what's going on? How do I fix it? Yeah. But it makes you, it really, really makes you think on your toes and um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a process. Now, do you prefer doing shows? Because shows, well, 
you get you make most of your money when people buy from the photos that so you just go out there and you take these photos and pray to God people buy them, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yep. uh, is that more <laughs> would you prefer to do that or would you prefer to do where somebody buys a, a package like um you know or do you offer like a you know, family package or individual mm-hmm. packages or seniors? You know how you have different photographers yep. that kinda do you could still do that other stuff. Do you prefer shows or do you prefer um, I, I, I actually, I very much consider myself a, a horse show photographer. Um, I love it. I put me in the middle of the arena all day, every day. Um, out there, I know my job. I yeah. know what I'm looking for. I know, you know, for me in my business, which, you know, sometimes is good, sometimes is bad, but for me, it's all about the horse. Um, and that that's what I, I concentrate on. It's not necessarily the human. Yeah, <laughs> um, that probably keeps you sane. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, if only I could just shoot horses and not people, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> um, hey, like they say, it's the horse business is a people business. It is not a horse business. I know, I know. If only they could write the checks, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But I, I very much prefer horse shows um i there's just something about being in the arena um that i just find so much joy and pride in of course you know we do offer individual sessions um and in those sessions i prefer there be a horse i'm a little bit more creative when there's a horse involved um but you know i mean I, i love it all if i have a camera in my hand i'm i'm happy but i do find my joy and my happiness in the arena um capturing those action shots you know there's just there's nothing like it when someone comes to your trailer to look at pictures and they're like i've been to so many shows and they haven't been able to catch my horse and you got so many good ones you know and it's like that's that's awesome like that's what i'm looking for that's that's what i pride my myself on and um you know it's just I, but yeah, I prefer being in the arena. <laughs> now, you do all types of shows, too. You do hunt seat. You do pleasure. You do, I know you do um, walking horse shows. I know you do the 4-H. You do all of them, mm-hmm. all types. Yes, yep. Um, we do, you know, of course, the breed shows, they all have the, a large variety of classes. You know, we got the ranch yeah. horses, all that stuff. Um, we've done jumping. Draft horses, absolutely love them. Um, Raining shows, those are pretty neat to do. Um, of course, 4-H. And, uh, you know, and when you do those those county shows or those 4-H shows, you just have to, that's another thing, is understanding what each discipline's looking for. I mean, you've got the minis, um, which they tend to like their horses to be parked out a little bit more than if you were shooting a regular lightweight halter class um for like quarters really? you know the, yeah you they they like to park I the minis yeah yeah so the minis when we have them up at the backdrop we always ask them like do you want your horse stood up underneath itself or would you prefer them parked out a little bit more and you know it, it all depends on the person um yeah. and we've also had like saddle seat kiddos come into the backdrop and we, we don't we don't know how to make them park out but 
the good thing with them is a lot of the kids have a parent there, obviously, that knows how to make that horse park out, um, and we'll be able to get them to do that. So it's just understanding the ideal for each breed mm -hmm. in each discipline. And, I mean, there's times where I'm like, you know, I did a draft horse show in Michigan in October, and they had so, mule Oh, classes. wow, you travel all the way to Michigan? Yeah, yep. I didn't know that. I mean, that's good. That's cool. So you do you do travel out from where you're at now? Yes, yep, yeah. Oh, okay, we, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that, that show, they have a mule show as well. And I was like, holy smokes, I've never shot mules. I don't know if how they want them shot, Did you know, do they want them more like a lightweight breed where their legs are more strided out, or do they want them tucked up like the draft horses? And I basically, I just, you know, they came to my booth. They said, hey, I don't have any experience with mules. Like, what what is your ideal? What are you looking for? And, I mean, it worked out at that point. She goes, oh, honestly, we don't care anything. You know, that, <laughs> she was pretty chill. She didn't, she's like, honestly, for mules, it's all about the ears. And I'm now like, I can believe that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. You know, so <laughs> it was kind of funny. But so what I did is I just shot is, a little bit of both. Yeah, it is funny because you see I'm, I've got mule friends on my Facebook. i got people that show them on my Facebook and stuff. And every once in a while then I'll get on there and scroll and they're all about the ears. It's true. They are all about the ears. You'll see shots of them riding with the ears, you know. And Yep. <laughs> it just it made me laugh. So I was like, okay, well, that, that kind of opens it up. I'm like, you didn't help me with their feet, but I know I need to get their ears. <laughs> So, um, but it's just, you know, each show, if you, if you don't know what they're looking for, most of yeah. the people you talk to, they, they want a good picture, so they're willing to say, like, hey, you know, I like this, or, you know, we were just at a draft tour show last week, and um, one of the ladies came up to me, and she goes, hey, can I offer you some advice? And I'm like, absolutely, like, I'm still learning. And she said, when you're doing, you know, this class, can you try and get more from the side instead of for in front? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, thank you so much. Like, you just have to be open to those, those that advice so that yeah. you can grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. really, that's something. Because I grew up quarter horses. And so what I know is quarter horses. So when I yeah. broke off into these other industries of different breeds, it was all learning. No. So, but draft horses, so when you say draft, so as soon as you say draft, the only thing I think about is like a draft pool. I didn't even know they had shows related to them. Like, is it a confirmation show or is it a like a breed show for them? So, it's it's just like any other um, kind of show. They have halter. Um, so, that is, those classes, they are judged on their confirmation. And... They basically break it down into breeds. So they'll have a halter class for Belgians, one for Percherons, one for Clydes and no Shires. Way. Yeah, yep. Um, some of them have a pony draft show too, so they'll have like the Halflingers or the Hackneys, stuff like that. Um, and then they'll break down into cart classes. So they'll have like just the individual cart classes with one horse. Um, they'll have the teams, so there's two, the fours. Um, unicorn, um, which is two wheel horses and then a lead horse. 
They have a tandem, so there's two horses, but they're front so to front. On, that's, that's pulling, right? When you say yep. unicorn, it's going to be three horses pulling it? Yep, three horses. So they'll have two wheel horses, kind of like the team, and then they'll yeah. have a lead horse out front. And oh, my God. I didn't even know none yeah. of this existed. This is cool. Yeah, yeah, and then they also have a, what they call a tandem, which is a wheel horse and a lead horse, and they're in a straight line, one in front of the other. Uh, now, that class kind of scares me a little bit, but. Yeah, <laughs> because, well, so hold on. I thought they always had to put them side by side. If you only had, I've always thought it was just like you have one horse pulling a wagon, and then if you have mm -hmm. two, they're going to be side by side. But when what you just said, they put them one in front of the other. Why would you do that? Um, so from what I understand, it branches off from back when they used to use horses for pulling freight. Um, uh -huh. it, it gave them more power um, oh. with the second horse, but like those small, they used to have like the small streets and stuff like that where they'd have to fit down that maybe they weren't able to fit both horses side by side. Um, oh. And it stemmed from there. I do, be, I do believe um, that's what that's from. Um, that's interesting because if I saw yeah. that, I'd be like, whoa, what are y'all doing? Setting house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they do that class, I, I, I get a little nervous because that lead horse has to basically, he's got to, they've got to be pretty sound-minded because they could turn around real quick if they wanted to and face the other horse. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you just made me think about that um, wreck. Well, I mean, I know they they wreck in a bad way. It was the oh, yeah. uh, Budweiser horses. And <laughs> oh, yeah. How many they've got? It was at a rodeo. Do you remember? I think it was yep, last I year. Yep, I saw that. They have like yep. two, four, six, eight. They have a good number of of horses. I'm gonna have to Google the exact number. And you're right. Yeah. That lead horse. It, it, if you got a bad, it better. That yep. you know, when, watching that wreck, the one I'm talking about, I'm trying to get this mm -hmm. out. <laughs> I remember watching that wreck. That lead horse, if he hadn't stayed calm, uh, some something would have died, or something would have got broke, or something. Oh, well, and that's and that and that is one thing that absolutely just blows my mind with these draft horses, is unfortunately when something goes bad, it goes bad quick, and it goes pretty darn bad. Um, yeah. But each one of those horses has a mind like no other like they seem to just relax um even they though pretty calm they they do um they can be a little hyped up but they they seem to not have a mind they like like their power right like right. you got this big ass horse that could literally right. destroy all kinds of stuff if it wanted to and Absolutely. i see what you're saying they actually handle that stuff better than what you would what could mm -hmm. happen knock on wood you know Oh yeah, and and the right, and the people that show draft horses, they remind me a lot of livestock people, where they they're competitive, yes, but they're there for each other. They're all friends. They all know each other. And when something goes wrong, it doesn't matter what farm it is. There's people jumping the fence, um, and they're getting in there and they're helping real quick. And that's just that's something I just absolutely love about the draft horses is they just it's a great great community yeah um, but yeah they yeah that those guys are they're massive but they're so beautiful it is scary though when you see like something like that happen or you you know see a wreck like that unfold and you I remember mm -hmm. I, watching the one I was telling you about 
thinking, oh, my God, that could have went way left, and we are really glad it didn't because mm -hmm. they do actually handle that stuff better. I mean, they've got all this stuff on them and all of this, these chains and halters and collars and, yep, and a lot of stuff. Well, the one show that we do, um, the Pennsylvania Farm Show, last year, so they have their six-horse hitch, and then they break them down to their four-horse in the arena to show people, you know, how it works, how they move horses around, stuff like that. And they actually had a four-horse lead step over the tongue, snap it, and, I mean, they just took off. And I was, it was one of those moments I was in the middle of the arena, I was like, this is how I die. <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> no. But they, I mean, they got the horses stopped, and they were, you know, it was great. Thank goodness no one got hurt. Um, and then they also had another. But, but you are dealing, you are dealing with a small spot. Like your average indoor arena is, they're all about the same. And I know, like yeah. the one here in Raleigh, you could probably run the length of the arena in, you know, yeah, less than, than a minute ish. Yeah, and it's one so of those. You, you like, ain't got a lot of space with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, well, um, and I like hightailed it towards the gate, and I'm not a runner. I mean, if I'm running, you ought to be running too because <laughs> something's chasing me. And I was like, oh gosh, like this is, you know. And then it just, it's one of those like knowing which direction they're gonna go because they just turn on a dime, and it's like, yeah. okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's a horse. Like it's a horse, and you know, people always ask me, they're like, "How do you stay so calm at those draft horse shows, like out in the middle of the arena?" And I said, "Honestly, it's the only adrenaline rush I get." <laughs> it's, it's like it's the opposite. The, yeah, I'm like, you know, that's how I get my heart going. Hey, but you know, you know, there you go. Yeah, and it, and the thing is, is those the guys that are driving, they know their horses in and out, and yeah, you know, you can trust that they are pretty good at handling their horses. And that's, yeah. that's where I, people, that's how I stay calm, too, if I'm like, I know they're going to do everything in their power, <laughs> you know. Well, so. most, well, I mean, you're a horse person, obviously, and most horse people, we know, we know there's a time to go in and there's a time to stay back. And, mm -hmm. you know, your average person is going to want to go in and go, and try to jump in and do something about it, and that actually makes yep. it worse. And that one wreck I was talking about, the announcer was awesome because he, like, turned off the music, and he was like, everybody just shut up, stay calm. Yep. I mean, he didn't say stay shut calm. up, but everybody just yeah. stay calm, don't do anything, and just let this kind of simmer down. Because in a situation mm -hmm. like that, even though they are draft horses and they stay calm, it could get out of hand really bad, and people don't realize, you know, when they're trying to help, they're actually making it worse is what I'm saying. Right. Well, and horses, you know, naturally horses are those fight or flight. And yeah. so when things are going bad, their initial thought is to get the heck out of Dodge. And yeah. Yeah. so when people are screaming and stuff and they, you know, it's just easier to be calm. And because, you know, horses, as horses, they, they read a lot of energy off of people. Yeah. And individuals don't understand that and that's the best thing for them is to just calm down let them think and calm themselves <laughs> yeah because you're right they i read an article where um you know horses can can feel your 
humans heartbeat and so if you're anxious and your heart's racing and stuff like that they can feel that you know they're they're mm-hmm. herd animals and they look to humans as a leader and you know right. a lot of people have issues when they're not a leader to their horse and they wonder why you know well if right. you're, you're freaked out they're going to be freaked out oh yeah well <laughs> and that's one thing my dad he teaches in his class which the further into the generations he gets he's learning that kids don't think the same way but my dad's very much a horse guy and he understands he teaches that when you go out in the pasture with a herd of horses he's like you've got a top horse and you got a bottom horse and he's Mm -hmm. like and when I walk out there I'm number one and he's like Mm -hmm. and that's you know people look at that and they're like no like you have to be equal he's like no that's not how horses work you know, they yeah. they they look for that dominancy, that their dominant hierarchy, and that's how they work. And mm-hmm. and the more he's he's been telling me lately, he's like, I think I got to retire because this this new generation, he's like, they don't understand me. And he's like, he's like, I love horses just as much as the next guy. I've made my living from them. They are my heart and soul. He's like, but they're animals. They are living, breathing, very powerful, very dangerous, and, you know, and they don't realize he's, it. They think he's right. He's absolutely right. And and he the horse isn't changing. The horse is still the same. Oh, yeah. what he just said. It's the generational or the society issue with dealing with, the, like we just said a minute ago, horse mm-hmm. business ain't got nothing to do with the horse business. It's got everything to do with people. <laughs> and, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> Because horses are black and white and pretty plain and simple. Yep. Yeah, their their goal is to live. <laughs> they want to eat and they want to live. And, you know, you, you got to – and, I mean, that's one thing. I've I've got a goddaughter. She'll be 11 in February, and she shows my horse in 4-H. And my horse is 16-1. He's – now he's, he'll be oh, 6 in March. Boy. He's a big boy, but he's – he's a big boy, but he's a big goofball. And he's, Aww. even though he's going to be six, he's he acts like a child. And I said to her, I said, when you're working with him, I said, you have to be his his calm, his constants. Like, you have, you have to stay calm because he's freaking out on the inside. And, um, and I'm, but also, he's a big goofball, so he loves to, like, bite on you and stuff. I'm like, you can't, don't let him do that. Yeah, you, you gotta yeah. make sure he doesn't do that because he's one. You give him an inch, he's gonna take a mile because that's just how he is, you know. And so that's taught her that she needs to stand up and she needs to be confident and not let him walk all over her. Because a lot of these 4-H kids, they just their horses just run them over. I'm like, man, like you're tiny and that thing is beating up on you. I'm like, that's not okay. And no. people don't get that. Yeah, because they're looking at them as a pet, and mm-hmm. yes, to a certain degree, a lot they they are pets in your eyes, but they're also a thousand pound animal that could kill you if they wanted to. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely, like that. They forget that. You're right. They forget mm-hmm. it because they got Google eyes. They're like, oh, I love my horsey. <laughs> well, you're not gonna love him when he <laughs> tramples over you. <laughs> well, and I remember as a as a young kid, like I was like. Daddy, my horse loves me. And he's like, honey, he's like, it's not that she loves you. It's just that you feed her and you give her comfort. 
and I'm not like, to break your heart or anything. Yeah, but. right. And I'm like, of course, as a kid, I was like, oh, rude. And like now, looking back, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he enjoys my my presence, but you know, he probably solely looks at me as a food, a, something that brings him food and comfort. And you know, yeah. he enjoys me, but he's not gonna jump in front of a bullet for me. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> he and might jump like, on top of me. <laughs> Yeah, like, and people don't realize, I guess, or maybe they do realize it, but, you know, the horse does not know anything about the show, the ribbon, mm-hmm. the money. They don't know anything about none of that stuff. They're just doing what you're asking them to do so that mm-hmm. they can live, like we just said, and they can go eat. And yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Exactly. I mean, they, you know, you look at them, you're like, okay, they do, they have a trust in you. Yes, they trust you. But yeah, at the end of the day, they're hoping you're going to give them their food. (laughs) And I mean, and believe me, horses, I love them. I absolutely love them. But it's just the understanding of what makes them tick. And they are, they are animals. They're, they've got a mind of their own. It's not a four wheeler. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Because you know, <laughs> what? Well, still, it's like you know, you. It's like uh like you said, dealing with a, a child. Because you mm-hmm. know, even kids like toddlers, if something's wrong, it ain't like they can kind of pat you on the shoulder, and be like, "Yo, I'm hungry right now," or "Yo, this hurts," or "Yo, this is the problem." <laughs> Too bad yeah. horses can't look at you and go, "All right, look, I'm gonna need you to stop doing this. I'm gonna need you to do this." <laughs> I know, I know, and it's just you know they can't they can't use their words. They don't have words. They do have body language, but. Because, yeah. you know, at the university, we have we have 70 head of horses um, at Penn State, and every year we have a, a two-year-old sale that we sell our Greenbrook two-year-olds, and our students are the ones that break that. them. Yeah, so we have kids from all walks of earth. Like, they could, there's kids that have been riding horses since they were kids, but then there's also kids that haven't even ever put a halter on a horse. Um so, I mean, we're very fortunate. Our two-year-olds, they get used to a lot. Um, now, we have are these, a lot of, do you guys go, does Penn State go out and purchase these from a particular breeder, or are they, like, donated, or do they? Nope. Well, they're all raised, uh, born and raised at the university. We have a. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have a herd of, uh, might be getting close to 30 mares, um, oh, wow. brood mares. Um, and then we have. Uh, one, two, three, four, soon to be five studs that we stand on our farm. Um, How cool is that? And now do yeah. like, now like the farm, do like, you know, normal farm duties, like somebody me and you would do, the average person would do, is that, do they have workers that take care of all that stuff or is it a part of the curriculum and you go to school and you do the whole horse yeah, ownership so thing? It's all student run. Um, of course, we do have like a barn manager and an yes. assistant manager that are that are um, hired by the university. Um, but there's four live-ins. There's a, an apartment in the barn, um, which is actually where I lived as a student, and so did my dad. So that was kind of cool. Oh, so you went to Penn State too? Yes. Yep. How mm-hmm. cool is that? And your dad taught you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my dad and I. Privileges, did you? <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, I think he might have been a little harder on me. 
<laughs> I was fixing to say, you probably got the worst part of the stick because it was your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, as a student, yeah, I lived in the horse barn, and I was my roommates and I were in charge of broodmares, stallions, um, all the offsprings that we have. Full, we were in charge of all the foaling throughout the spring, um, weekend chores. We didn't get spring break or holidays. Um, and it, I mean, yeah, none of that comes with horses. No, no, they still need fed. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's all, it's all class-oriented. So there's a breeding class, so students can learn to collect stallions. Um, and artificially inseminate mares and check follicles and stuff like that. And then the next class is our foaling class. So they actually come down and help full out mares do that process. Oh, that would be so cool to, like, just see that, to do that. It is. It's awesome. Um, and then in the spring, we have a student-run sale where we sell our Greenbroke two-year-olds, um, and then and we the also, of course, break them, right? Students, yes. Yep. Oh, cool. Okay, very cool. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, the students come in. Um, my dad picks about five to six students a year that might, like, that go from year to year. So by the time they're uh, seniors, they're pretty good at riding two-year-olds. But he also has the class that is full of kids that, like I said, have experience from the day they were born to never even putting a halter on. And those guys, at the end of the day, if they want, they can ride ride these Greenbroke two-year-olds. So we're very fortunate that our breeding is pretty uh, good bloodlines for calm horses. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, I was going to say, I mean, you've got to have something you can't, I mean, that's a broad range of people to deal with when teaching horses. You've got like what you just said, somebody's never even completely clueless to somebody who's been around it. So for your dad to be able to adjust to that, that's right. And, and that's why he he puts so much into the safety. He's like, you know, these horses are bigger than you. Like they can hurt you if they want. Like they're not here to be yeah. your friend. And you know, and, and it's it's true. And it's but the program is just it's phenomenal experience for kids. And you know, I've I've owned two Penn State horses that I fold out, and we're the first ones on them. And that's kind of special. That's special. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just they're actually full brothers, and um, oh, cool. Yeah, it was it's the best experience of my life. I mean, that's where I met my husband and, you know, just my best friends that I'm still best friends with. And living in the barn was wonderful. I mean, it was cold, but it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it was cold. But it was cold yeah. so you're right there at it. I mean, like you just said, I mean, you, your dad can say this too, you know, the technology of breeding and all that stuff comes so freaking far, you know. You used to not even mm -hmm. have cameras, and now you can literally just, you know, install a camera and be there and watch and do all that kind of stuff, whereas before, you know, you couldn't do that. So it's cool that you were right there. Well, yeah, when I was a student, we didn't have cameras, um, and we didn't have the full alert. So we literally 
when a mare got close, we were out there every 15 minutes checking her. Like, we had four live-ins, so we all had shifts. Um, <clears throat> but as soon as I graduated, they, like, got the cameras, and they <laughs> they got the full alerts, and I'm like, what the world? But, like, one thing we had that the students no longer have is we had a window that looked into a foaling stall. So like Oh, cool. Yeah, so we always said, like, when the mare was ready to foal, she would literally come in and stare in our window and, like, bore into our souls. And we're like, okay, she's going to fold tonight. <laughs> and most of the time she would, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> but it was like. And you could tell it, by the way she's acting. Uh, Y'all mm-hmm. better be ready. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and that's one thing is with my photography is traveling around is I see so many Penn State horses that, you know, some of them I fold or some of them I've ridden before they were world champions because we've got a couple of those, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I rode him as a Greenbroke two-year-old. And it's that pride that, like, kind of follows you through because, like, oh, I remember when he was born, like, you know, and watching him now, some of them are now lead line horses and youth horses, and it's like, wow. Or you look at some of them and you're like, she tried to buck me off. She was nasty. And now she's, you know, lead liners are riding her, and it's like, that's pretty cool. Like, that's neat. Yeah, that is really cool to, to <laughs> follow their life like that and say that you've been there when they hit the ground because it's, it's different, you know. Like, I've had horses that, um, you know, I wasn't there when they were born. I got them at a certain different age or whatever later on in their life. Nothing mm-hmm. will ever still compare to my one mare. You know, I was there when she was born. We literally mm-hmm. raised her from the start. I mean, I only did one, not as, not as many as you did. But, you know, it's still it's just a different bond, you know, that you have with them even if they don't stay with you for the rest of their life, you know, but the fact that yeah. they were there or they were born and all that stuff, it's just, it's yeah. Just yeah. Well, and I have my, my first mayor, she's, she'll be 23 in April. And I was there when she was born. She was the first foal I saw be born. Oh, and I've, I've had her. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's honoring. She's still honoring as heck. And she, she taught me everything that I knew. And I'm like, she was one heck of an honoring mare, but she taught me a lot. <laughs> like, I she's still like, honoring. <laughs> girls girls in the horse industry that were raised by mares like that, oh, they're just a little different. You can kind of tell. And there's nothing wrong with yep. guildies. I've, I've had guildies, too. Love them to death. They're a breath of fresh yep. air, actually. When you've had a mare like that. Oh, um, yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> She, they she, teach you something that you just can't get anywhere else. Like it's a level mm-hmm. of respect. Like little girl was, she was she was funny. It was just mm-hmm. the funny things about her. And if you didn't know her, you just didn't know. And it teaches you a different level of respect for an animal when you have that type of mare because they will love you and they will protect mm-hmm. you, but they will absolutely put you in your place if you don't. Oh, yes. I And, you know, and I had a warm blood mare that I went through 4-H with, too, and they were completely different. And it was like, honey, the mare that I still have, like, she's like, no, I don't think so, not today. And Delilah was more of the, all right, kid, like, that's not the way to do it. This is how you do it. And, yeah. you know, and that, she was she was a teaching mare and honey, is a, uh-uh, I don't feel like it. You can't make me do that. Like, you know, and, uh, but, I mean, to this day, she, you know, she's blind in one eye, and she's arthritic, but she's still boss mare. 
She's yeah. still like, I will screw you up if you make me mad. There's something about them, man. I'm telling you, something about them. And and if you have not ridden one when you were younger or like experienced it, like what me and you are talking about now, it's mm-hmm. just a it's just a different way of learning horses when you've had a horse like that. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, know, absolutely. It teaches you a type of respect that just everyone needs that mare that's just like no. <laughs> you know, and I was lucky. I mean, she's buckskin, so she's not, she didn't double, she didn't get the double, like, red mare dragon gene. But, I mean, the gelding I have now, he's a sorrel, and I'm like, he still has dragon in him, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, something about the red horses, man. <laughs> it's a little bit spicy. I, I was lucky to have one, but she was actually really cool. She was not crazy. She was really cool, but she was raised around cows and like okay. her mama pushed her out or whatever and she literally raised around cows like they put her out in a cow pasture and it was just a horse and cows and um yeah the barn and the barn i went to go look at I actually went to go look at another one and ended up getting her um but she was a red horse she was a red mare and i'm telling you she was my bay mare put her mm-hmm. in place yeah so i don't i don't believe any of that chestnut mare stuff because i'm like look i had a bay that did not Right, and you know, and that's the thing is, my dad always says, he's like, no such thing as a bad color on a good horse. He's like, they're all crazy if they want to be. <laughs> he, he just hit the nail on the head. I'm going to have to write that down. What did he say? Hold he on. says, <laughs> yeah. what did he say? I got to write okay. this down. <laughs> he says, there's no bad color to a good horse. They're, they all can go crazy. There's no bad color to a good, a good horse. horse. They all can go crazy. <laughs> He's a smart man. Oh, he he is, and he doesn't. I don't think he gives himself enough credit. Yeah. Oh. Well, like he deals with people trying to teach horses. That's that's hard in itself, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 definitely hard, and oh, but. They are horses, and we can't live without them. Well, I can't. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, we're glad we got them. You know, it's a luxury to be around them now, that's for sure. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a good life to be, mm-hmm. to be to get the chance to be around them and, and experience them in any way, shape, or form. You know, we sit here and talk and smack, but, you know, it, it's cool. I mean, there's nothing that really there's not a feeling you can put to, like, being able to walk outside and look at a pasture and, and see a horse and just kind of feel that the sense of oh yeah yeah and that's and my mom always says like because I've always had horses pretty much like going through my teenage years I always had one she's like I didn't have to worry about her and boys you know she'd she'd do something or her grades would slip and we'd be like hey yeah she's like you know you did anything we'd be like hey I'll get rid of your horses and you you changed your attitude real quick you know and it just is like yeah you gotta go you're not that cute (laughs) yeah you got you gotta go you're just not worth it to me (laughs) it's a good thing though like i told that one lady or uh, we were talking about it the girls back then that were weird horse girls were now cool Mm mm-hmm go figure absolutely oh yeah i know (laughs) i know and now it's yeah it's it's in style now to uh dress up in your boots and dirty clothes, but 
I'm always, not back then it wasn't. Not, not no. back then. We were the weird horse girls, you know. It wasn't cool, I guess, you know, not until Yellowstone made it cool, which which I think is really, you know, you've got mixed opinions about it. You know, um, it hyped it up and all that kind of good stuff, and then you've got bad apples or whatever. But it was great because it did just bring a bunch of new people and a bunch of different people in to kind of see this lifestyle that people have been doing for years, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, well, you know, every every group of people have those ones that make the bad name, and then it then it's those other ones that are like, you know, we're not all that crazy, you know. Word <laughs> <laughs> of God, we're not crazy. <laughs> we're not all that bad. I promise. Like I said, that my husband and I were driving yesterday because we we heat our house with wood, so we went to pick up wood, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, a girl I dated lived down that road. She was fat shit crazy." And a horse girl, and I said, you know, I was like, we're all a little crazy. Do that? I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm married one. He goes, but you're not that shit crazy, just a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, level. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I was like, that's true. Just a little bit. Don't make me mad. I guess. But it's a good, it's a good crazy. It's not, you know, I'm at the point in my life where, okay, I mean, I've been called crazy so many times. I don't even know if it's, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's almost like, okay, well, are you, like, is it on a level? What level crazy? are crazy are you crazy at then? <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we can get warning labels that say level 5.2 <laughs> Like those dog leashes that have different colors on them. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm yellow crazy. <laughs> um, oh, today I'm feeling oh, this. Don't don't approach me today. Yeah, like what what's your color for today? Are you red today, or are you more like pale orange? <laughs> yep, exactly. Just you know, just the kind of let's just stay away from you kind of thing. Or, oops, she's got a red one on. Don't wear that, or don't go near yeah. her. Kind of thing. I mean, we all should be allowed. We all should be allowed to be able to do that at some point in time because we're all humans. I mean, there's some things that happen that just like push you to your point, and you're like, you're really doing what anybody else would normally do too. You know, I mean, but it kills me when people are like, oh, "Okay, well, that person's crazy." Okay, well, they're not crazy now. Maybe they're just crazy with you. Maybe you was the problem. Yeah. Maybe it's you. Yeah. Well, and I think we all have our like our like hitting point. Like my my yeah. friends, they they always say like, stay. I stay pretty level minded until someone like if someone attacks family or a friend or yeah. someone, then I go. I'm like you can say whatever you want about me. But as soon as you That's say something crazy. about my my family or my friends, like I go red. Like my my crazy Irish Italian comes out. Yeah, no, that's not. See, you know what? To me, that's not crazy. That's just doing what any normal what you should what you should do. You know, like, right? That's not crazy. That's doing what you should do. You know, but people. But you're right. People people will be like, call it wanting to call it crazy, but no, no, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. 